Heat seeking Panther, Miles and Dave, talking about Nicholas Cage. Welcome to Heat Seeking Panther. This episode is fueled by free Beyond Burgers at Carl's Jr. <laughs> yeah. Dave, Dave got the hookup. I really like. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come in like just sleepy and slow to this movie, which feels fucking appropriate because, um, well, I don't know. For, first, Miles, what do you think? Good movie or great movie? Probably, <laughs> probably the best movie I've ever seen. It's really amazing to me that like, okay, so we've gone through a couple. Well, okay. Hi, this is Heat Seeking Panther. We're talking about 2014's Rage. Or Tokarev, as it was originally titled. Which is weird because it wasn't released, like it wasn't a Russian movie. No. But it has a Russian title as like an alternate. why they changed it because yeah. uh it's already confusing anyway but rage is a worse title than it's a, it's a much worse title it's, also it's way more ripe for saying things like oh cage rage or whatever yeah. like you want to make a joke about that but it was bad it uh, was yeah paco cabezas was that paco <laughs> cabezas is the director's name three two one So I in this, this is one of those movies where I was like, God, I don't really have that much to say, so I'll do a bunch of research, and then I tried to do research, and just nothing was coming up. Like, I they buried I, they buried this movie. Was it even? Re- it, I assume it wasn't even released in theaters. Absolutely at all, right? not. No, no, yeah, there's no way it would have been. No, this is the we've watched several like direct to uh, DVD or direct to on demand movies now in the in this but this is the one that feels the most like direct to video like this is i personally don't even think that the people involved in the movie read the script they were like <laughs> given their scenes yeah. and they like performed <laughs> yeah, them to the most competent of their abilities yeah they think that's fair <laughs> like danny glover oh danny also glover. also like the weirdest most wasted danny glover <laughs> co-star ever he's in like five scenes I, and he literally goes like you can see him as each scene progresses he comes on strong you know just thinking like all right I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to do it here to act. Yeah. And then as as you see him like notice the level of like amateurness <laughs> that the rest of the crew and cast are on, like you can see him like dipping very rapidly until by the end of the scene, he's literally almost saying like, I'm getting too old for this shit. That's what I, I wrote down. I was like, he's literally too old for this shit. He's <laughs> like it. He he clearly needed a paycheck or but like I don't because it doesn't feel like he was like friends with somebody. It's just like he I don't know. Do you think the cage like didn't bring him on? Because he's he's not only the other like he's not only the other celebrity in the movie, but he's the only other actor that I even recognize from anything anything yeah. except the one guy in the wheelchair yeah, is wh- like a character actor that i've seen a couple of times in other things but yeah, like wh- what was that guy's name uh peter stromer yeah yeah but there's like literally no one in this movie that i have ever seen in anything else mm-hmm. with the exception of cage and danny glover and weston big uh big weston moment huge um, weston this is the biggest weston the biggest, moment that we've he, seen we saw him in uh, lord of war as a <laughs> helicopter <Up>. pilot <laughs> or a mechanic or something 
he was a mechanic, I think. And um, but he had like one line, and he's got like three in this. Yeah, and more <laughs> noteworthy, he actually plays young cage he plays young cage which rules because he doesn't look like him <laughs> like i if i didn't know that that's what was going on i would have been so confused i'd be like who's that who's that guy because i think the other two actors are either they're either played by uh the same are they the same actors as the no. old no no they're, they're just not like, but they they look at least they cast younger actors yeah. that could that look like as, yeah. as those people but play. weston they were literally like uh he's his son maybe sure <laughs> so without awesome. even like doing a side-by-side comparison like i like i honestly if it wasn't for the slow motion and like the grainy hazy film quality i would have not known that those were flashbacks and i would have been no, confused like I who knows. are these extra people committing another crime i mean it's all that that just speaks to the level of amateurism that uh, is just present in every element of this movie but I, I love that it, it's taking place in the past at some point, but Weston looks very much like he's in like a Deftones cover band. Like, <laughs> Was this taking place in 1998? Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, like, he's like the Hoopa guitarist before they got big or something, but meanwhile is doing crimes. But okay, besides uh, those three uh, giants of cinema, there's, there's no one else in this movie. The the only, the reason that Cage apparently did this movie was because he was a fan of Paco Cabezas's movie Neon Flesh from 2010. I don't know anything about that because um, I didn't. I just didn't even look it up. Um, but that's that's it. So whatever was in that movie um, just inspired Cage to just. He was like, yes, whatever. I, he was he was into it, uh, into making this movie seemingly no questions asked. A young hustler turned businessman tries to open a brothel with his useless friends. That's the summary of Neon Flesh. Uh, Man, I would, what if Cage had been in that instead? Slant Magazine gave it a one out of four. <laughs> wow. Uh, so uh, Paco's not really, his track record isn't great. I don't know. He's a Spanish director. This was his first... Uh, uh, American film, English language film, and it sucks. Like on, like that's the kind of thing. Like reading that, I would say, oh, he must have. He must be one of those guys with a lot of like technical skill, or or the, just the ability to put together something that is like technically stylish. Because we've seen Cage say yes to a couple of things, kind of like that, where the movie sucked, but you were like, okay, well, this person like. You know, the frozen ground didn't look that great, but that guy was able to sort of like, what was his name? Scott Walker. Yeah, Scott Walker. Uh, was able to pull, sort of pull everything together. Have you heard his street. 1995 album Tilt, by the way? It's no. great. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, also, it was not the same Scott Walker that was at the that was at that event that I was working. Oh no. Remember, I texted mm-hmm. you. I was like, "We have a filmmaker coming named Scott Walker." There's there's another one. Yeah, apparently, this guy is not a director. He was some kind of producer of one of the shorts, but it was not him. I was oh. I was kind of hoping, although I don't know what the fuck I would have done. Like, Imagine. <laughs> walked up to him and been like, "Hey, I saw the frozen ground and it blew. It, it was <laughs> it was bad." But uh, we, my friend and I, uh, talked for a long time about why it was bad. <laughs> Would you like to join in? <laughs> um, imagine a Scott Walker directed movie produced by Scott Walker with the music of Scott Walker. I'm greenlighting it right now. <laughs> That's all I know. That's all I know about this. I don't know why this fucking got made. 
I couldn't find an interview with Paco Cabezas. I couldn't find an Does interview. Does he exist? <laughs> what if this was like a, if it was like a, a pen name or something, you know, <laughs> like if like Cage really made the movie and he just didn't want to. It, it does sound like a fake name. Yeah. No, but no like interviews, no, no press, no nothing. He's like Banksy, man. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You're saying that this movie might actually be a statement that, uh. Like we're just not reading into the meta. Look, text all I'm enough. saying is we don't know that Paco Cabezas and Banksy are not, are the, not same the same person. person. That's fair. There's a non-zero chance that they're the same guy. That's all I'm saying. Damn, dude, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, no Cage interview, no Paco interview. There was not um, even any no kind Tenny of Glover interview, no, and no producers, nothing. Seemingly from the lack of search results, there was not even any kind of press no tour press, for it. No press, nothing. It was just nothing. Like I feel like they they knew it was going to die and they just dropped it on VOD and like walked away. I wonder how much of that we're going to run into coming up here because, you know, as we've said, like Cage is releasing like eight movies a year right now, but I can't really name, I can name like two or three and maybe a couple of those are because we're doing this. But it's like, I right. mean, like, you know, Mandy, Mom and Dad. Spider-Man. Dog Eat Dog, Spider-Man. Yeah. But um, he had like five or six other movies like in the last right. couple of years. So like, I, I, I wonder how much of these are just really just going into the thresher. They're, they're like made to just go to a red box where like some undiscerning person will just be like, okay, why not? I mean, thankfully, they're all for free on Amazon Prime. Mm. So I think that gives you a bit of an idea about, like, where they're coming from. <laughs> What's with, going on? With these things. The other behind-the-scenes thing that I can contribute is this was written by the team of James Agnew and Sean Keller, whose previous credits are uh, the Wesley Snipes movie Game of Death, which I'm <laughs> unfamiliar with, um, a, a recent Dario Argento movie called Giallo, which is uh, most uh, is infamous because Adrian Brody successfully sued him for not being paid for being in it. Wait, hold on. Adrian Brody was was in, in an Argento Ar- movie, an Argento and movie. then Argento was just like didn't pay him. Yes, and this <laughs> happened recently. Dude, is Argento has he fallen on hard times? I mean, I didn't even know he was still alive, to be honest. No, me either. So, I, I, I wonder what his contracts are for, like, older, the older movies. Because, like, Suspiria is, like, a... Masterpiece. Masterpiece. And it, but, but more importantly, it's now, like, in the public lexicon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if he, like, maybe his contract for those older movies... Because, like, you, uh, people never... Like, or not never, but a lot of times artists or filmmakers don't foresee the kind of, right. like, lives that their works will take totally. in the future. So they, like, negotiate shitty contracts for themselves because they're like, eh, it's a fucking cheap horror movie that I want to get paid for. You know what I mean? And, like, yeah. I'm not going to think about it. Right. And he has so many, like, classics that um, even, like, at least, I mean, everybody knows about Suspiria at this point. But, like, The Bird with the Crystal Plumage, Deep Red, Inferno... Uh, oh, Inferno's a fucked up movie. I forgot about that one. Yeah. Have you seen Opera? No, I've heard it's fucking That one crazy. is crazy. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, but I, I think that's, it, who knows what, if he got paid like a lump fee, you know, I don't yeah. know how uh, Italian cinema in the 70s worked. Um, well, but, on our next podcast, <laughs> right. we'll watch every single Argento Ooh, movie. and That would be a good podcast. That would put me in an insane asylum, I think. Yeah. I don't those those Jalo movies only kind of make a dream sense. Like yeah. you you have to approach them from like a place where 
uh, logic doesn't mean the thing that you thought it meant. Which is better than this movie in which everything is too hyper-realistic oh and I mean, logical. There, there is a story to this movie. Is there? Yes. <laughs> it's bad. Oh, last thing. James Agnew and Sean Keller also made the TV movie Kraken Tentacles of the Deep. Just want to get that out there. <laughs> That's, that's her credits. I feel like there's a lack of Kraken content nowadays. <laughs> that's true. Sharks are big, but like... Where's the Kraken? Where's, where's all the octopus stuff? I guess there was that that whole... Uh, whatever. We don't need to go on another non-cage tangent. Right I mean, now. I don't know. It's um, better than talking about this movie. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, I mean, like... Mm-hmm. We can get into more specific set pieces, but let's just like run down very quickly what the general plot is. Right. So basically, Cage plays like an ex mobster. Well, yeah, I mean, I think the the you know I thought that Stolen was going to be the Nicholas Cage taken, um, but it's more like this. This is actually Nicholas Cage's taken slash John Wick, maybe. Yeah. But with a Scorsese flair. <laughs> wow, you just gave it so much more credit than it deserves. It's it's not it's nowhere. It can't touch. It can't kiss the boots of any of those. Listen, dude, not- I've seen After Hours. Okay, <laughs> it has nothing on Rage. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it doesn't deserve to be in the same sentence as those movies. But I, I think that's fuck that shit. Give me Rage. This feels like what what those screenwriters were doing, where they were like, uh, let's make it Taken. But he's he's super strong and and capable. Uh, also, kind of like John Wick because they they okay. So we, we, right, we open with Cage and his beautiful teenage daughter, who he has a great relationship with, who looks like she's thirty. Yeah. Also, he's like, hey, baby, when he like picks her up from school, and I'm like, for one hot second, I was like, wait a minute, is he like, <laughs> is is he like banging this high school chick? Or oh no no no, it's his daughter. Okay, would okay. have been an interesting wrinkle. <laughs> But uh, no, they like, yeah, the and, and immediately once because the, the way that their whole relationship, he's just like, they're basically just like, I love you. I love you, too. We have a great relationship. I hope nothing ever goes wrong. You know, it's just like, OK, so, okay, so I wrote down, I was, I was like gonna go kidnapped, raped or killed right. and or and uh, so, yeah, she gets kidnapped seemingly and uh, and then shows up dead. Um, and it's revealed that, uh, he's, uh, Cage used to be, uh, I guess a mobster, a high, high up mobster. It's, we don't really get any It's specifics. ambiguous. He was in some sort of organized crime situation. Yeah, it said the, the Irish mob, but also stuff with the Russian mob ties to them. Uh, he, everybody, like all, every cop and, um, government official seems to know him by name which is not explained, but everybody is very friendly with him to a ridiculous extent, considering they make him sound like John Gotti or some shit. It's just, you know, but that's the size of like weird logical loopholes that we're like dealing with where I just, it's just so, it's, it's so stupid. They were like, okay, let's make Taken. So he, his daughter gets taken and killed. Then he has to pull on his mob ties to go start a gang war, basically with the Russian mob, because it's revealed that she was killed with a gun, the Tokarev TT3 or something. <laughs> um, and uh, hey, gun nuts, call in and, yeah, and let us know please. about this about this gun. Um, but th- that was the. Uh, it's a. A Soviet era pistol, 
um, favored by the Russian mob. So he starts a gang war with the Russian mob. Which this like sounds like every like mobster movie ever. That's what I mean. Yeah, it's but um, and uh, then he's like, oh, it's probably this one Russian guy whose brother me and it's like he just remembers because everyone's like, do you have anybody who would have anything against you? And he's like. No, I can't think of anybody. And then he's like, oh, But I wait. do remember one time my son Weston shot someone. <laughs> yeah, I do remember uh, Weston killing the brother of a prominent Russian gangster with his friends. But surely that can't have anything to do with this. Um, this, this also goes to something that this movie like really does constantly. And it does it too when it, when it does the sequences where like the daughter's boyfriend is telling him how the daughter got kidnapped mm-hmm. where, and it does it in the Western sequences. It does it in a bunch of like flashback sequences, but it, it just makes everything in the flashback sequences slow motion. Mm. You know what I mean? Classic. Like, and it's just so it's like, in case you couldn't tell, this is a flashback, <laughs> which is really annoying. But I realized as the movie goes on, I'm actually glad he did that because there is no discernible way to tell otherwise what is and isn't a flashback. True. It just smash cuts. Yep. And if it wasn't for the slow motion and the weird, like, grainy film quality, like, you wouldn't know that it was a flashback. You that's, would just be really confused. That's the Scorsese flair I was talking about. <laughs> Look, yeah. I d- get Leo DiCaprio, get De Niro in this. It's I- indistinguishable from a fucking Scorsese movie. I swear to God. No, Paco, but, Paco is operating on a whole nother level here. Yeah, everybody else let him down. Not like, you're right. I mean, the maybe this is a good time to say that the editing is fucking garbage. The camera work is shockingly bad. Like It's pedestrian at it, best. Yes, it looks lit. I, I, like it looks like someone that has never like storyboarded anything yes. just drew like a bunch of panels and they were like, uh, all right, two people talking, uh, medium shot at an angle. Uh, mm-hmm. okay. Like, uh, you know, car chase. Um, all right. We'll like drive behind with like a shaky cam and watch it, like do some turns. Yeah. Yeah. Like, all, the, I mean the, the, anything where people are talking, which happens a lot is extremely boring to look at. Like there's just shot with no style and all the action sequences are just, it's, you can't tell what the fuck is going on. There's no sense of space or or like time. It's just, the editing is just like bam, 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 bam from different shot to different shot, but like nothing looks good. It's all just stuff moving around. Um, It's terrible. Uh, and not in a fun way, um, kind of in a fun way, but there are a couple fun scenes, but only in how bad they are. Like, like it, it goes from being boring and bad to like, you almost get excited because you didn't think it could get worse. Yeah. Yeah. And you know and what I mean? Like, oh God. Right, you're like, Oh God. And then it just snaps back to another boring dialogue scene after that. And you're like, okay, like this is the same thing. Yeah. I mean, you know what this is, is like, I, yeah you know, you're like a young kid and you, you want to get into drugs and then you like, you, uh, you try like a, a fun party drug or something with your friends and you're like, Oh, this rules. I could be into drugs. And that's like, that's like vampires kiss or that's, that's like a deadfall. And you're like, Ooh, a bad movie with Nicolas Cage. Like this rules. I love this. I could be, I could do drugs as part of my lifestyle, but then you real, like the, the, the time when you like wake up and you're just in like, 
just a shitty trap house and just like, you know, you shit your pants or something and you're like, oh, this is actually what it's like to be in the lifestyle. This is that's what this movie is to like watching bad Nicolas Cage movies is like this is this is the real shit. There's no glamour to this kind of badness. It's a uh, There's not even a weird characterization that he no. does just for the sake of like livening up the rest of the movie. There's there's a scene where he yells at his friend um that is like a pretty good freak out but it doesn't uh you know where he's calling him a rat. Yeah, this movie has two has two cage freakouts. Oh, yes. And they are the two best scenes yeah, by I mean, far in the movie. But just like like we've run into this a bunch, but it's like it's the kind of thing where they're the best because they just have a little bit of life in them. They have something I don't know, man. I th- I think the rat freakout is one of the top tier like yeah. modern day cage freakouts. Okay, I'd yeah. say I'd say from like post 2005 maybe. Yeah, like, it's it's from, really good. From from post the memification of cage, I'd say that it maybe is like a it's a pretty good cage freakout. I agree with you. Actually. Um, but watch it in a medley of other cage freakouts. Don't watch, <laughs> don't, watch don't watch the movie. You don't need to. The other one is amazing. Um, oh, I recorded them. If you're, if, oh, yeah, if that's, that's what, what I you're was looking for. That is what I, I, was I do. I'm way ahead of you. <laughs> Yo, DJ. Um, yeah. Okay. So while I'm pulling this up, uh, his hair, like, was that a piece? It I, looks like, it looks like when you like snap like Lego hair onto someone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it did look like that. Uh, it looks kind. Yeah, it might be a weave. It was weird because some, some shots I was like, oh, it is definitely. And then other shots I'm like, no, I think they just emptied an entire bottle of mousse onto his head and combed it all back. That might be his real hair. I couldn't tell. And it might have even varied from shot to shot. I also like, especially because he's characterized as like, you know, a housing developer. He he built his first house with his own hands. And he's talking, he's all like, an honest day's work is like the best. You know, he's like, coded as like you know this every man right. which also doesn't make sense when they turns out that he's like a super mobster but, but like, he's actually a bad dude that's yeah. the thing is it's like the bad guys in this movie are such bad people that you tend to forget that like cage and is, his is quote unquote good mobster yeah. friends are also terrible people and terrible <laughs> at being mobsters um they're really bad at it but like, yeah, it, it's like, again, like it's one of those things where these guys didn't really think about it that deeply. They were like, we want him to, to be so people feel so like dads feel like they can relate to him. And then but we also want him to be a fucking badass. And it's like, yeah, I don't know if you can do both of those things. But uh, I really like he's wearing like eyeliner through most of the movie too. I noticed that which too. Which rules? Which is kind of cool. It's sort of a good look on him. He looks I, good. I think he should wear eyeliner more often. I'm into. I it. mean, his son went yeah, full Weston. like full corpse paint for a while. So I, it's like I don't think it's that uncalled for. Sure. You know? Okay. Here's here's the here's the first freak out. Just mercilessly, mercilessly beating a corpse. And yeah, then also yes. the like insanely over dramatic music that is mm. like throughout the movie. This is my impression of the score. 
It just has a woman's voice just mo- moaning while those like synth strings just like. And then here's the rat one, which is also really good. Maybe, maybe that's not a big deal to you, but it's a pretty fucking big deal to me. <laughs> and the only reason they would do something like that is if someone talked. No one asked you, no one asked you where you got the money for those guns. Well, Kyle didn't want to know how you managed to pull out something like that on your own. Polly, yeah? I've always been loyal. You've always been an idiot. Screw you, Polly. Nothing's ever your fault. There's always someone else to blame, always someone there to bail you out. Who, who's bailing you out now? And then yeah. he stabs him. And good. then he straight it's up good. stabs him. His best friend. Yeah, apparently his best friend. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You're right. That's, that's a good freak out. He is giving it 110%. Um, it's, but, like, it's like how did it get burned status. Yeah. You know, it, it where is, he's like, who did it? Who did it? Who yeah. did it? And he's like beating the shit out of the guy that he is already probably dead. Right. But like, and just, but yeah, he stabs his friend like that they, they give, they put all this work into like, it's like him and two other dudes that have been these like mobster. They're like brothers. They're like brothers. And then he just kills that dude because he didn't help. He wasn't there when their other friend got killed by the Russian mob to around to help. Yeah, Which was I also mean, in it. I mean, that whole scene is fucking insane because, like, they've made this big deal about, like, okay, we're going to find out who kidnapped your daughter. We're going to be there. We're going to just like old times, eh, Polly? And then, like, <laughs> he walks in on that guy with a stripper, and the guy's like, What the? I'm just hanging out, man. Chill out. Take it easy. It's just like, I don't know. It's, it's just there's scenes from a different story. Like, they don't, it doesn't make any emotional sense that's uh uh the expository dialogue is the worst i've seen in a movie in a long time yeah it's like rather than give these people any characterization or use any imagination at all in how we present them uh why don't we just have them talk about the old times with each other so that we get really quickly caught up hey remember how we've been friends forever and remember (laughs) how we used to commit crimes together and remember how that one time you shot that one guy yeah it was the russians yeah it was the russians you're right that was crazy hey remember that other time that i like when the guy who he stabs later on says we shared the same honey pot right that makes us milk brothers and cage goes romulus and remus right it's like equating sleeping with the same woman right. to building Rome. Also, that's not what. <laughs> that's not what that means. That's not it. Milk Brothers. Jesus Christ. Maybe he was implying that they both sucked on our titty. Oh, right. Maybe. Oh, that would make more sense. I. Which seems a weird thing to bring up, though. In that instance, we like, shared the same honey pot. That. Yeah, but that's sure. Yeah, that's a better explanation than uh, it's more disturbing, but it's a better explanation. 
<laughs> at the same time. At, yeah, right. Like Ron, I like Ron to Wilson imagine like this. one one on each one on each breast. Or maybe it was just a wolf. Maybe they both <laughs> fucked a wolf. <laughs> they don't specify the species I, of, of her, do they? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> also, another good line. While we're just throwing out the things that were actually worth talking about, uh, when his friend is like, "How deep do you want this to go?" and Cage goes, "How deep is hell?" I mean, that's that's one of those lines where you know the screenwriters wrote that and yeah. they both looked at each other and they're like, yo! Oh! <laughs> this is the kind of movie where uh, the, I, the I, speaking of scenes that I think the screenwriters were really proud of that actually don't need, to, just doesn't need to be in the story at all is after uh, Cage's daughter gets kidnapped and he goes to his friends and say, we're going to need to do this. They're like, oh yeah, we got you. And they uh, they bust down the door of uh, a black dude who's just living in like a. You know that it's coded as a drug den even before you see like a junkie, a white girl like strung out on something. They, they bust down the door and say, "Knock, knock, asshole!" Which, you know, chef's kiss, just <laughs> perfect. Um, and and they're doing the the trope of where they're like, oh, this is the one guy who knows everything. They're like, they're like, hey, man. He's like, I, you know, I haven't been on those streets. I, I don't know what's going on. And they they're like, they're like, oh, it's so sad what happened with this girl that you've been you've been feeding this white girl drugs. And they, they put a noose around the girl's neck and put a cinder block on the ledge of a window, like they're gonna, yeah, they're tied to the rope that it, they're gonna pull the girl out of there unless he talks. And then they, they do that. To, and then when he's like, I don't know anything, then they, sh the guy shoots the rope. So the cinder block falls and the girl's okay. And then they <laughs> walk out and they go back to Nick Cage and they're like, yeah, I don't know. We've been looking everywhere. We don't, we don't know what he's seen anything. We don't know, which is, the only reason that scene exists is because the screenwriters wanted, they just loved that idea. Yeah, 100%. That scene didn't need to exist for any other reason. They never see at either, you never see that guy again, you never see that girl again. They don't learn anything. It's just nothing. There are also a couple like egregious scenes of like beating and torture that happen that don't need to happen. Mm. And it reminds me of like a low rent, like Schumacher situation Ooh. where they're just showing people like do the worst acts of humanity just to try to get like a rise out of the audience. Mm -hmm. But it comes across as extremely flat and like, because there is nothing wrapped up in the actual like characterizations of the violence, it's just yeah. like mindless violence. Right. Yes. Yeah, true. It's truly mindless violence because it's a mindless movie. The one that I think you might be thinking of is the um, when the Russian mobsters get one of the guys and then they string him up by his arms and they're force feeding him water and and until he's like has drank way too much water and then they're like punching his bladder, which. That's, that's a form that's of torture. At first, I thought they were waterboarding Me him. Me too. And then I realized, like, oh, no, they're making him drink as much water as they can, like, force down his throat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, credit where credit's due. I haven't seen that done in a movie before. Well, but, you've uh, clearly never been targeted by the mob before, Dave. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I haven't. 
count my lucky stars. That is a visceral like form of torture. Yeah. This movie did not earn it. But, no, uh, absolutely not. But uh, this movie didn't really earn anything. anything. Uh, the one thing it maybe did earn, which is another situation where the screen screenwriters probably high fived each other after they wrote it, is when Danny Glover. So they so they 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 go like the cops of which Danny Glover is a detective. They go to the house of a couple of the Russian mobsters that like Cage and his friends just like murked trying to get information out of him. (laughs) So like, so like the cops like find the crime scene and then they're like, they're, they're like, who are these guys? And they're like, uh, such and such a, uh, a Russian mobster. He's got a rap sheet as long as my dick. Oh yeah. But (laughs) Danny Glover reads that line. Like he's reading it off of a cue card. It's so good. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, They loved that. Yeah, definitely. I, I cannot stress enough how sleepy Danny Glover looks in this movie. He he really looks like he's just like he's thinking about like the food that's at Crafty. Like he's just can't wait. He's like uh, one time I was in five Lethal Weapons and a couple Wes Anderson movies. I I, I had a real good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the last thing that uh, the screenwriters were probably most proud of is the twist ending, where which is uh, not twisty at all it turns out that uh nobody kidnapped the russians were not behind cage's daughter going away um the she was when cage last saw her he left her alone at the house and she was chilling with two teenage boys one of whom he'd gone out of his way to be like you don't do drugs or anything right like uh hey i might give you a job if you play your cards right and and you can go out with my daughter too like i'm a real tough dad but you've earned my trust Anyway, dads, don't believe it. Teenage boys, they'll fucking kill your daughter if they have a chance. And these two boys do, on accident, with his own Tokarev gun, which he didn't think about that. He didn't think about the fact that... Well, no, see, he had. this is where the twist comes in, Dave, because he had the gun all these years. When we saw in the flashback, when we saw Weston uh-huh. throw what we thought was the gun that he killed the Russian mobster with into the, the box that they then put in the oh. car with the dead body and set on fire. So we thought he got rid of the, the weapon as the evidence. Oh, he didn't. But then we find out that really he kept it and he tossed a dummy into the box so oh. his friends could see him get rid of the evidence. But, but he then he kept that gun. He didn't remember that he did that. No, no, he remembered he had it. Okay. But then when his daughter, so basically the the two teenage boys, they they were like drinking a little bit with the daughter while the parents were out, and they were like, yeah. "Hey, we heard your dad has like a crazy past. Are there any th- cool things around the house, like mobster things that you could tell us about?" And she's like, "Check out this <laughs> this lockbox with all my dad's guns. guns in it." Yeah. So they pull out the Tokarev that he that he faked getting rid of right. 20 years ago. And then the boyfriend shoots her with that gun. So that's why when the cops found the bullet in her head and they were like, it's a Russian gun oh, that hasn't, hasn't been, been used in 20 years. That's why Cage was like, it had to be the Russians because I killed their brother or whatever, like 20 years ago. Yeah. But like though, but that's like the one thing that both he, the gun is the one thing that he and the cops are going by, but he doesn't remember that he stole the gun that he has the Tokarev. I guess he doesn't remember. Otherwise he'd be like, who went into my lockbox and shot my daughter right. yeah i mean i'm just saying they actually never explained that aspect of it hmm. i guess i'm not surprised that there's a, a loose plot hole in this movie <laughs> yeah it's just like i don't know that's it's like the so much of the plot hinges on the fact that it's like this like obscure gun you would think that he'd be like oh i have one that hasn't been fired since the 80s whoopsie oops 
Um, uh, another thing that really goes to the amateurishness of this movie, I you multiple times can visibly see punches not landing. Oh yeah, like, you can see padding in the stunt stunt guys' like clothes. You can see the shadows of boom mics. You can see. I mean, it's just yeah, true, <laughs> truly amateur hour. And after the big twist, I and we don't know how he figures out that the kid, the teens were involved. There's he's just been starting a gang war and then there's just a scene where he suddenly has one of the teenage boys again and he's like, tell me the truth or whatever. (laughs) The kid's like, okay, here's what happened. We accidentally killed your daughter. I'm so sorry. Um, Cage doesn't kill him, goes home, sits on his bed, takes out a knife, looks directly into the camera and says, I'm sorry to let you down and stabs himself in the heart which is actually the perfect ending of this stupid movie. Yeah. But then also, like, does he not consider that he just fucked up a bunch of Russians and so his wife is going to come home to his dead body and oh, then yeah. probably get run up on by Russian mobsters and killed? Right. Well, she's not a character anyway. You're so. right. It doesn't matter. That's right. He, he kills himself as the Russian mobsters are, are coming, coming in to kill him anyway. You can't fire me. I quit. I, exactly. <laughs> I just really appreciate um, when a movie apologizes directly to me. For, I'm for sorry I let you I'm down. I'm sorry that I let Dave, you down. Dave, he was speaking specifically to you and I. <laughs> yeah. Because he knows that we've seen so many of his films that we know what he's capable of and we expected better. He, he knew we were going to watch it. <laughs> to, to, this, that's to the real fans, the real heads. There's nothing else to say. I, I literally have nothing else to say. Um, I would like to, because... You know, why do a podcast of this breath if you're not willing to make some reaches and tie some seemingly Mm. unconnected threads together? Uh, I feel like this movie, there's been a theme in in a couple of like cage films recently, like Seeking Justice or like Mm -hmm. The Frozen Ground Mm -hmm. and definitely in this one where the main characters are taking the law into their own hands Mm. where they don't trust the cops or they don't trust the the legal process enough to like let them do their work what's and so and so they try to get involved and and in doing so actually make the situation worse for themselves (laughs) yeah i I don't know what that says i like there's no grand statement about that it's just a theme i've noticed it's awesome too that like danny glover essentially lets him start a gang war like there's even a scene where danny glover there's a big car chase with all these like Shit, property damage and just all this shit and the cops pull cage they pull him out of this car he handcuffs him and uh danny glover is like he's just like stop you have to stop doing this you have to walk away just it's not worth it we're gonna we're putting all of our men on this we're gonna find out who did this to your daughter and uh cage is like bullshit can i go now danny glover's like Okay. All right. I'm going to let you go. <laughs> he just, even the other cop is like, what the fuck? You're just going to li- like, he's like, yeah, like that's it. You, yeah. I'm, yeah. It's fine. I'm getting too old for this shit. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. I'm, I'm actually, I am too old for this shit now. I got there and I'm going to go home and go to bed. Listen, this rap sheet is as long as my dick. I don't need this. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, that's a thing about all I have to say. I feel like I, I got something to, to close out. Go ahead. Um, when I, I, I knew this was going to be like, a a rough one because in, uh, uh, torrenting it, all the comments on the torrent were like, (laughs) 
video quality 10, audio 10, movie negative 20. <laughs> uh, they, they hated it. Um, but this, this first IMDb review that I read, I thought really, really summed it up. This is by uh, user Man Van Music. Uh, 10 stars for possibly worst film of the century. He said, this movie is fantastic. Honestly, it's shooting up my so bad it's good charts with a bullet. Badoom tish. I have no idea why Danny Glover's character is in it. Feels like he phoned someone and said, I need 50 bucks and I'm free on Sunday. Anything going down? <laughs> Peter Stormare, while generally good in crap flicks, flicks, crap flicks, is so utterly miscast, it's borderline genius. What's that accent, Pete? I can't tell if you mean to sound like a Canadian with palsy or you were battling some gastrointestinal thing. But damn, bro, you sound pretty crook. This is, a, I, think a, I think Man Van Music is British, too. Um, uh, Cage, with his helmet of hair or whatever in this thing, is brilliant. Injecting heartfelt emotion into scenes that don't need it. Screaming in new and obscure ways. Playing it cool after trashing 20 car corpses and 50 cars. He just injects a well-needed shake-up on traditional acting. Let's be completely inappropriate and flip between ham and wood. Hello, Oscar. Script has the bones of something in it, but the director has taken a leaf out of Cage's book here. Let's not polish the turd, but rough it up some. I do think that that's a pretty good, uh, a, a good uh, summary of some of Cage's ethos. Camera work is just dire. Dialogue makes the idea of four-hour cunnilinga session on an angle grinder sound appealing. <laughs> and seeing as Glover already took 50 from the budget, it only left 50, le 50 for the rest of the film. And let's not forget such a momentous closing scene. Never have I cheered so hard for Cage. Top work, fella, and the right choice. I can't, I can't honestly ask anyone to sit through this utter tosh, and I do know I'll watch it again in the future with a bottle of vodka in the wee hours and laugh my ass off. So I think Man Van Music got a little bit more out of it than we did. Yeah, but, um, it seems. I wish I was like, yeah, I'd love to watch this again, this again. while I was wasted. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to say never again. No. Even, even on any drugs, I, I, I don't want to watch I it. I would say this is easily bottom five of any yeah. that we've watched. I'm trying to think of like others that were worse. Guarding Tess. Guarding Tess made me more upset. Um uh yeah like even the shitty one that he did with uh john lovitz and dana carvey at least that was like oh. a comedy so there was like one or two scenes where i Fuck. laughed yeah um that and was made with some sense of craft yeah like this this is a this like movie's frozen ground at least like you were saying was like made by a technically good filmmaker and it was trying to do something like it it sucked because it played it too safe and right. uh, and didn't it, it tried to please everybody in dealing with like a an actual tragedy but like at least it was going for something like stolen had the, uh, some really wild performance yeah. elements in it. Yeah. Seeking Justice had an interesting idea at its core, even if uh, it was not a good movie. Like, but this is just a, a joyless movie. It's like, it's bad. I, I even even Time to Kill was like an oddity that like made it interesting. Yeah. You know, I will say this is better than Trespass. Uh. I was more uncomfortable watching Trespass, but I think Trespass is a 
like I think it's like a better uh, made movie. Correct. It it has more money, and uh, they and and Schumacher's gold chains behind it. Yeah, it's a little bit uh, it's a little bit nicer to look at, but uh, just all the screaming and yeah. the like constant like. Um, like threats like one, of gun one, violence yeah, and, it's just constant and sexual violence yeah. and just like one-upsmanship that doesn't actually lead anywhere like that is hard, is more of a slog for me than this but this is like i mean they're both sitting at the bottom yeah well we'll, ha- we'll have to make an official like bottom five yeah i'm, I'm one curious day. um next up left behind dude i'm so excited for this one I'm ready because I've been hearing about Jesus and uh, and but I'm not really clear on who he was or what he was about. Yeah, so hopefully and, this sheds some light on that. <laughs> yeah, I I just um, the you know I've I've rejected religion for my whole life, but the one thing that they can the angle that'll work will just be fear fear of uh, an insane thing coming to pass that an old book says might happen. Yeah. So um, kind of like knowing, but yeah. the Bible instead of a bunch of random scribbles on a door. <laughs> right. All right. Um, there are, before we go, there are a couple housekeeping things that I would like to take care of. Um, I would like to please, please point everyone in the direction of that New York times yes. interview that came out a couple weeks ago. I think by the time this airs, it'll probably, it'll probably have been like two or three weeks yeah. ago. If you're ahead, you've already seen it. And that's fine. I'm not going to recap it here cause you should just read it, but yeah. it's one of the best cage interviews that I've ever read. And he, he reveals some stuff that I didn't even know about. Like what? Do you remember? Just like, just read it. But there's yeah. like certain reasons for why he spends the money on the things that he does mm-hmm. and his general like ethos about being like a, a celebrity in like a post social media world. It's, yeah. it's, it, he's surprisingly lucid. Uh, yeah. And then he drops weird nuggets every once in a while. We are like, why would you say that? <laughs> yeah. You know, people say he's crazy, but he's, I think he's just elevated, man. Yeah. Um, and then also, so remember when, uh, last week when you played during the, that press release, you played like a snippet of cage saying something in in Japanese. Japanese. Did you see the message that we got on Instagram? Okay. This person might be a friend of yours because I, I don't know them. Um, and and those are the only people who listen to our show. (laughs) Well, I mean, not necessarily, but in this case, I feel like maybe, is it this person? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Masterson Hague. Yes. You, the, yeah. yeah. This is Jefferson, uh, my old friend. Jefferson. Oh, okay, cool. So, 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 so this is what Jefferson texted us. He said, I'm pretty sure that Japanese poem translates to white mountain stone red, but it's not conjugated at all. He's just listing nouns. <laughs> wow. Thank you so much, Jefferson. Thank that, you, Jefferson. That doesn't reveal anything, but it, it just raises more questions, which is completely apt. <laughs> White Mountain Stone Red. On that note, um, this this episode was probably terrible, but thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. Please uh, rate and subscribe. Yeah. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Heat Seeking Panther. Um, you know, you know, just we're around. Keep following us on this journey because um, I I know we got some nuggets coming up. Oh my god, this takes forever. Three. Two, one. Yeah, yeah.